Okay, welcome to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, the Swan. We are talking about Tradition 2 today. We have Billy on the line from Allentown. Uh, tradition 2, I guess real quickly, uh, if you don't have the traditions memorized for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. I hope I got that word for word because I'm actually not reading it myself right you, now. But well, you got it word for word. Okay. Right on, right on. I usually can recite them, but uh, yeah, want to make sure I didn't mess it up at all. Uh, <laughs> seems like I say this about almost every tradition, but uh, it, one of the most misapplied in the in the fellowship. But uh, there's a few that I think uh, started out kind of intentionally being misapplied and, and nowadays people don't realize kind of what they really meant. Um, and, and in that, I mean, and I'll let you take it from here, uh, Bill, but uh, if we go back to the concepts and all through the concepts, they, they talk about things like a, a group and they're, they're referring to just any group of addicts uh, in service. And they even talk about group conscience that way. And that is not what our, traditions originally intended, anytime we talked about the word group, we meant an actual home group, and so much so that by the time the the basic text was, was uh, written, we had taken to capitalizing the word group to make clear we're talking about that, that group's proper like a home group and just not any group of addicts in service. Uh, and obviously, at some point, they were decapitalized, I think, when they rewrote the headers, uh, and the concepts have completely, along with it works how and why, have completely reinterpreted what we're talking about when we talk about group conscience in Narcotics Anonymous and taking it away from that home group level. Uh, and there's, there's a lot of reasons that it's intended only for the home groups, and we'll get into that a little bit today, probably a lot today. Uh, but that's that's kind of what I mean when I say this one was intentionally originally misapplied and Addicts misapplying it today don't even realize they're doing it because of the way they've been taught. But there was a time when that was intentionally changed in our fellowship, and it's it's had, in my mind, disastrous consequences when we see service bodies dictating to groups, people being told they're not members of NA, groups being removed from schedules, they're told that they're not a real NA group because they didn't get permission from a committee to start, things of that nature. Uh, anyway, uh Bill, I'm going to let you take it from here. That's kind of the introduction I had. Uh, where, where are the thoughts you have on this, and where did you want to go with it? Are there any questions that you gathered from other people you wanted to address right off the bat? Well, I have a lot of questions, but when I look at when it says for a group purpose, for one, but one ultimate authority, a loving God is to express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And then it starts off at NA, we have a great concern for protecting ourselves from ourselves. And when you think about why would we have that even in the book where we're protecting our – in NA, we have a great concern for protecting ourselves from ourselves. You know, and, uh, and by by nature, we seem to be strong-willed, self-centered people seeking self-gratification in the realms of money, power, and sex. 
That's the way Greg originally wrote it, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, were doing, we were doing that as a home group just last year when we were writing on that tradition that, uh, that sex was specifically addressed. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. well, it's, it's, it's in the grade book, okay? And that's what it says, yep. the grade book. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's, it's Greg, Greg sometimes said it can sound like sex, of course. But uh, remember the areas that uh, we protect ourselves from, and why do we do that? Because of our defect of character that we have in the program. Uh, you know, and uh, well, I, I shared out in Ohio on the 12th step a little bit in the group I was in at the 12th step retreat. I talked about, you know, uh, from, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of those steps and why the key word those was important because it's the previous 11 and a half steps and that we had this spiritual awakening. And the result of that there, now we practice these principles, and these principles are the traditions within our group setting. In the group of Narcotics Anonymous setting, uh, basically uh, when we establish home groups, we establish a group, and each group is autonomous. And, and when it says each group is autonomous later, okay, uh, but we're protecting ourselves from ourselves because what happens is, and it has in the book somewhere where it talks about you can never allow a group to become uh, a reflection of a strong personality. And that's what we're protecting ourselves from is strong personalities. You know, and, uh, and how do we do that? Well, yeah, how we do that here, and it's in the great book again, um, you, know, uh, you know, where it says, uh, they go on to explain that in NA, we rely on a loving God as he expresses himself in our group conscience rather than personal opinions or ego. In working the steps, we need to come to depend on a power greater than ourselves. We continue this relationship and utilize it for our group purpose. If, if we each turn our will and lives over to the care and seek to do his will, he will express himself on our group level. When decision needs to be made for a group, each of the members should take time to meditate on what is most beneficiary to our common welfare. If we do this, then the results will be truly an expression of a spiritual uh, concept of our of our group. You know, and uh, I like to use you know it's be a spiritual conscience of our group. Okay, uh, you know, and and there's this situation hand is. How do we bring God into our group conscience? And there it says we meditate on it. Uh, we also pray on it, okay? Like our home group, what we do is we do not allow any decisions to be made on new business at all. You bring new business up, it goes back out. Simple facts. And uh, we, we ask everyone when they're making decisions to pray, to look at the traditions and how does this here uh apply to the traditions, okay? And then the next group conscience will discuss it. And if anyone brings up that somewhere that they feel this here ideal is, yes, it's a good idea, but yet it's it's conflicting here in, in the traditions, uh, we send it back out again and we look at that. And we pray on it and we meditate and we make sure it fits all the traditions, that we're not violating any of these principles. And if it's not, then we move on to vote, to, to collect the conscience, and that comes through a vote, yes. But it may take three, four months even to collect the vote on it, you know, and because uh, we're protecting ourselves from ourselves instead. And, uh, you know, and we invite uh, this, and it basically says, 
We invite a loving, caring God into our group. We're not defining God in the group level. You have to define that in your own personal program, but we, we are collecting a bunch of people with, a, with having an ideal of a spiritual power that's going to influence the will of the group instead. And if we're reflecting on that, we're going to end up making the right decisions for the group. And our group don't make many decisions, okay, anymore. Uh, the biggest decisions we're making are the motions, uh, you know, uh, that came out of the fellowship service conference last year and the ones that came out of it from the year before that are back out. Remember, the biggest decision that we're having to make in a year's time anymore. Other decisions are, are pretty simple for us. We're going over housekeeping stuff. That's how, you know, and that's inventory of our group. Uh, we're, we're reflecting on, and we're reflecting on, uh, how well we're carrying our primary purpose, okay? We're reflecting on, are, are our trusted servants being trusted? Because here it talks about trusted servants. And we're entrusting them to provide the service that the group has instructed them to do. And if you're not, then our responsibility is to bring that up in group conscience and look at not why they're not doing it, but how can we assist you in making sure this gets fulfilled. Is there anything that's changed in your life that you're not able to fulfill this year? Well, then let's make change if you're not able to fulfill it at this moment. Not to batter the human being, but to assist the human being instead. You know, that servant. To make sure that, and to make sure that we're not self-willing things. You know, uh, and that's where it comes to the group to hold itself accountable to this year. And, uh, you know, but there's very little decisions we make anymore because we're basically on, uh, been, you know, our, our primary purpose is to carry the message. Well, then we look at how are we carrying that message in the group setting. We take inventory on that there. And is each servant fulfilling that purpose as a group? Are we doing it together? or is it individuals doing it, because it's individuals doing it without a conscience, then maybe we need to double-check that we're not doing it in the name of the group's name then, you know, uh, that we're not doing it as historical perspective group or recovery first group uh, in the in the, the meetings that I attend here. Uh, and we double-check that and make sure, first, with the meeting opening on time. is Are we fulfilling that there as trusted servants to welcome to newcomer? Are we spending time after the meeting, you know, talking with the newcomers? Are we making sure they get to our next NA meeting? That's the primary purpose of our group to fulfill that. And our trusted servants is to make sure we're all interacting with that, not as just one strong personality dealing with them issues. You know, and uh, we slowly, uh, you know, that's mostly what we do anymore is inventory taking of the group now and checking on ourselves, making sure that we're fulfilling our purpose instead. You know, and uh, I think there's, there's probably a lot of questions out there when it talks to people about uh, how does God express himself in our group, conscience, and that's by prayer, meditating. That's by not making rash decisions, you know, by reflecting on that there and, and asking us, hey, uh, you know, say the serenity prayer, you know, uh, you know, are we fulfilling that there? You know, are we moving forward in action? And it's not because I want something to happen. You know, am I willing to let it go and let it deal with the test of time instead? You know, if it's good, if it's good today, it'll be good in a year, okay? No big issue. Why are we making a time issue of, a, of an issue? Because that's one right. example. 
if we're making a time issue, sometimes there's usually personality involved in that. You know, we got to yeah. get it done now. Well, why do we got to get it done now? And when people start using that whole mentality, addicts are going to die. Well, guess what? They're going to die if we're not fulfilling our purpose. You know, if they're not getting the, the opportunity for recovery, they'll die then. But by, by these issues we're going over, no addict's going to die by us uh, taking time to to work on them and and, and and prey on them. It's going to be more attractive for a newcomer to get involved with us instead. They're not right. going to see personality. They're not going to see conflict within the group. You know, uh, they're not going to see quicks because we check on that. Are we quickish in our group? You know, we, we go over all these issues in our conscience. You know, and uh, remember that, yeah, and that's why I say it's more taking inventory of ourselves today than when we were a brand new group, okay? I mean, we're, we're an older group. We're basically, uh, the one group is, uh, you know, 39 years in, in March. The other group is uh, basically, uh, it's, uh, it's like uh, 28 years or something like that, 29 years. You know, the other group is. Yeah. So, so we're older groups, okay? And, uh, and we're, not, uh, we're not like when we were new. You know, trying to find our identity. We know our identity. We know what our purpose is. And we know it's, it's, it's prayer that, that matters for us more than important is that we reflect God's conscience in our group, not our, our personalities in our group, not my will, but what's God's will in this here? Is it a good ideal? And, uh, if it is a good ideal today and a year from now, it'll still be a good ideal. And that's how we look at things today. And that's what our purpose is when we do this here. You know, and uh, like you said about a group in Narcotics Anonymous is not a service structure. That's why it says our trusted servants. Our, you know, in the second part of this tradition where it says for a group purpose, one ultimate authority, loving God is to express himself in our group constant. And then it goes to our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And we look at that. Is there a leader trying to govern us? Yeah, are they right. making decisions? Are, are they making decisions without coming to the group? And, and that means our government then. Uh, and we don't do that. We don't take emergency group conscience in our group. Okay? Nope. The only time no, we'll I... have an emergency meeting is if uh, some trusted servant relapse. We'll have an emergency meeting to sit down and talk about how to fulfill, to, first of all, to help that person that relapse. The second thing is fulfill that trusted servant responsibility through one, you know, another one of us instead. You know, and that's the only time, and that takes about, uh, you know, maybe 20 minutes to go over that. You know, it's not going to be a long, drawn-out affair. It's just like, hey, what can we do to help that person? You know, uh, can we reach out? Can we let them know we love and care for them? And how are we going to do that together as a group? Okay, so they don't feel ostracized because they relapsed. That's one of the areas we, we look into that no addict, uh, you know, just because of relapse, that we ostracize them. You know, we talk about that in the group conscience. You know, to make sure we don't ostracize any member just because they relapse and we want them to feel that they can freely come back again. You know, and these are issues we talk about. How do we do that? Without, uh, you can reach out so far and then you gotta let go. You cannot force an addict to come back either. You know, but you gotta let them know they're welcome and that we do care about them. You know, but we need to fulfill the position to make sure that trusted service position is taken care of. So we talk about that, that in our conscience. What's the protocol for that if it happens? And that's why it doesn't take long to take care of it. 
you know, we just have a, I'm, I'm the group conscience chair, so I'll call a group conscience and let them know we have an issue here, we need to deal with it, and uh, it should take us about 15, 20 minutes after the meeting to deal with it and then move forward with it. You know. Right. Yeah, and that's how we deal with these issues. So, it, you know, you got any other thoughts on that, Tubbs? You know, there's a lot of stuff that, as you were, were speaking that, that come up in my mind. Um, when you talked about we, we don't make anything time sensitive and, and there's nothing we need to act on, uh, yeah, then this idea of addicts are going to die if we don't act. And what, what I was thinking was when these traditions were formulated and our predecessors were addressing uh, certain issues, they, had that very much in mind how how do these groups operate autonomously how do these groups fulfill their primary purpose uh and how how do we make this so that we can have a benevolent or a benign anarchy where there is no literally no government whatsoever and we'll talk about what that second half of the fourth tradition really means when we get there because there is historical precedent for why that doesn't mean what people in NA think it means. But these traditions, if we're following them, are designed so that we never have to have uh, addicts are going to die if we don't decide something immediately. Uh, and what I mean by that, one of the things we talk about in a lot of podcasts is this idea that, that you'll hear coming from service structures uh, and, and one in particular, but but a lot of them have kind of adopted this idea that the primary purpose of the groups is to hold meetings. And that's not the primary purpose of the groups. If the groups are fulfilling their primary purpose, which is to carry the message, they don't need to wait on a service body to decide something or to take a vote before they can respond and, and maybe carry an H&I meeting into a facility or there's just nothing that needs to be addressed. If if the groups are the ones moving the message, it's happening at a local level, and the contacts that are, need to be made in the community to let people know we're here are being made. And when we're hearing the group conscience, we don't have things uh, coming up like enmeshment with treatment centers where we adopt their policies or change parts of our basic text because that's what professionals want it to read. And there's numerous examples of that. Um, but uh, we, we don't deal with those issues if we're following the traditions because they're already laid out like that. And that tradition is what protects us from making the wrong decision as a group uh, when we are responding to those community needs. And it's, our group is, is fairly young uh, in comparison to even a, a lot of the groups that attend the fellowship service conference. And for those who aren't familiar, that, that's the conference that groups participate in where we actually adhere to the traditions and don't use concepts. Um, and, and we don't we, – we find ourselves voting on very few issues. Uh, matter of fact, I, I'd be hard-pressed to, to really tell you the last time we actually had to take a vote because what happens with us is, is through this process that you were talking about. And, and when we were forming our group, we actually learned – a lot from the group uh, that you're a member of, uh, the, the Recovery First and the Historical Perspective uh, that that, uh, the, that came from Recovery First. I remember asking about the practices and how you guys do group conscience, and and usually by the time we, and I think I I, I know he probably uh, 
isn't the one who in, in, who came up with the saying. Oh my goodness, what, what's the cat's name from down in Florida that comes to the fellowship service conference every year? I don't know why I'm forgetting his name right now. Ken. Ken. Yeah, Ken. Ken. Yeah. He told me a few years back, well, two three years ago, uh, a, a group conscience is a collective eleventh step, mm-hmm. and it was like, whoa, that is like what literally what is is God's will for this group, and. You know, how, and listening for that answer, you know, seeking as a group to to improve our conscious contact with this this loving God that that directs the group. And we've even had discussions among addicts. You don't you don't have to be on step eleven to be able to wrap your mind around when we seek answers as a group. We're going to a higher power, and we're only asking what's your will for this group and nothing else. And the result of that for us has been usually by the time we we get to the end of that process, there's no vote to be taken because by from the discussion around the table, everybody's in agreement. And it, it, it's just uh, I've watched it happen again and again. We we had uh, even last year stuff that uh, we tabled that uh, we we could have at the fellowship service conference said you know if we. We follow this technicality here. This motion will pass this year. And it's actually you. I know there's a motion you wanted to pass, and you said, you know what? It's not going to hurt us to take this back to the groups for a year and clarify. And it was a motion our group had made, and a newcomer had pointed out that we were inconsistent, and our group actually changed its conscience and voted against that. Well, what came of that was we went back and looked at that motion again this year, and the only issue we had was the way this is worded, it sounds like uh, even though it's groups coming, you know, it's votes coming from the groups, it, we made this sound like groups that, that attend the fellowship service conference can decide fellowship approved literature for the whole fellowship. And you have given me examples of this from the past when the fellowship service conference still just started way before it was ever even called the fellowship service conference and taking things back for another year just based on one or two words. And when we prayed about it more, we actually found the wording for that that, that doesn't say, because we didn't want it to say conference approved because we don't believe in that either. And we found the wording that, that states exactly what it is that these groups are expressing at the conference their approval of this literature. And it didn't imply it, and it was it was as simple as just changing a couple words. And it was this group conscience process, and it was that we we didn't. Uh, you and I both know there were arguments on the conference floor, but we didn't we didn't indulge those. We said we don't decide that here. We take it back to the groups because there's confusion. And obviously, I don't know what the vote's going to be this year, but to us, it was very simple for us to be able to word that in a way that. Now we can be behind our own motion, and it, and it actually says what we meant it to say in the first place. And this whole group conscience thing, it was ama- it, it was literally a newcomer sitting around a table and says, you know, you guys are full of shit. You're not <laughs> consistent. Here's what you're saying. And we sat there and argued with him, and, and the cat says, look, it comes down to this. Do you believe what comes out of your own mouth, and do you follow the traditions or not? And uh, by that point, it was too late to change the motion. We, you know, the deadline had passed. And, uh, you know, if we'd have been thinking then, maybe we would have requested from the conference, hey, we just want to table this for a year and reword it. 
uh, instead of we got so locked up in the procedure of the conference that we didn't realize even there was another option. You know, to going to the conference and having things be really unclear and groups undecided on things for us to to realize, hey, we could have done this a different way in the first place. And it's that's always human error when the when the group conscience gets called. It's always human error. It's all, and, and again, it came from us wanting to make sure we got a motion submitted that year instead of waiting and 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 thinking on it and praying on it and meditating on it a little bit more. And that's all it would have took. And it, it's funny. We rushed that and, and made the – I don't think we realized we were rushing it at the time when we submitted it, but you always have, okay, here's the motions we want to submit. And there's been some that we've said, let's, let's wait till next year. But we could have done that with that one. And it, the funny thing is, in the end – it, it ended up waiting a year anyway, even though we we got it submitted by the deadline, you know, a couple years ago. <laughs> it's still coming back this year for a revote. And it worked out when we went back to group conscience exactly the way it would have if we wouldn't have imposed this deadline on ourselves to get this motion submitted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was so – it was so uh, – it, it sometimes in our mistakes is this spiritual learning process. And – uh Oh my! I, I remember before Jim Miller died, talking to him on the phone, and and uh, and I was just—I mean, as many years as I've been a member of Narcotics Anonymous and loved the traditions and had sponsors who tried to teach them to me. It, the first time I'd heard the concepts, the sponsor I had at the time couldn't tell me why we had them or why we used them at all, and uh, and, and obviously I found out later that. Uh, no, <laughs> we as a fellowship never really did adopt those and that everybody considered them a joke at the time. Um, but I, I realized in these conversations with you and Jim that, Oh my gosh, most of the groups don't follow group conscience. And, and Jim at that point said to me, it was you or Jim. I think you both, we both probably said it, but uh, one of you said to me, most groups in this fellowship don't even know what group conscience is. And that's when I really started to go, oh, my gosh, do I know what group conscience is? And I really didn't at that time. I really didn't. Yeah. How many times do you sit around in a, in, a, in a group meeting and they say, let's take a group conscience, and they hold a quick vote? That's not taking a group. And it says as much in, in our old writings in the gray book. And I should know if this is in the basic text. I think I spent a little too much time in the, the gray, not, not too much time in the gray book, but so much more time in the gray book as of late in the basic text, but uh, I, I believe the basic text even says, you know, that taking a vote is not a group conscience. I know it says it in the great, great book. There's a difference between taking a vote and, and having a group conscience. We don't take a group conscience. We take votes. And, uh, yeah, even, and then this is bled into the, the service structure. When I was having to act as the GSR for our group, uh, couple years ago, like we go because we, we don't vote at area, but we participate with them as far as sharing information. And I'd be on the, the area of the floor, and, and they'd say, let's take a group conscience on this. And I'd have to explain to them, you, you don't even have a group conscience in this service body. You, you don't take it on the spot. And if you want to take a group conscience, you send it back to the groups. You guys don't get to vote right here in new business, you know? <laughs> But yeah, I, I, not a long answer, but all these things as you're talking, they're just they're coming to my head, and uh, it, it, I, I think they're the things that need to to be highlighted and pointed out. And I tell you what, we uh, we had the situation where we had uh, 
we had a couple GSRs relapse, and one of them actually passed away um, as a result. And because we're not dependent on these service structures, uh, we just didn't we just didn't send anybody to area for a while. We said we can get information to the other groups passing along without having to go sit in this meeting. And when we got a GSR uh, and and let that grow naturally, the 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 guy come back and I just found this out a few weeks ago and it's been going on for a while. He was saying something and I and I said, you know, the issue here is with the concepts. He said, oh, we don't use those anymore. I said. Are you, I said, you don't read them anymore, or he said, no, the area threw them out completely. They don't, they don't even, they don't even acknowledge the concepts anymore. When I was going, they they'd come to this compromise because a few people didn't want to get rid of them, or they'd read the concepts one one month and the traditions the next. And and so what we do is these these traditionalist home groups on the local level, we 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 went, we quit beating the drum. We quit trying to force it down people's throats and. And I didn't realize we were at a point, but we were, and now they're they're getting it. They're they're seeing what we're doing. If that was without a representative from our group there. Them finally deciding these concepts aren't in line with the traditions, and and just throwing them out. And this, this is a service body that when that that Nas concepts book came out that they call a traditions book, uh, it, where the you know, one of the, the committee members, if you want to call it that, there's a, it was the, the co-chair said, well, I think that could be a good thing because it could help me learn about the traditions. And I'm going, how are you serving in this position if you don't know that? She said, I don't know the traditions. And it's like, how can you, how can you even be here if you don't know the traditions, number one? And how can, how can a service body or a, a group of professional writers that doesn't follow the traditions teach you how to follow them? And uh, and then this was again. I had to pull myself back and say, "This isn't even for us to decide. This has to go back to the groups to approve these motions." And our group's not even voting on it because we don't participate at the at the world level. But uh, yeah, we, we we didn't even have to beat this drum. And the area finally come to the idea on its own that these concepts are out of line. And, and it's because they see our members and what we adhere to, and that we don't have a problem not fitting in and they don't ostracize us. And we're lucky in that regard out here. I do realize that, that we're not ostracized, but uh, I mean, these traditions are so powerful. We don't even have to, to force them on anybody. They can't be forced on anybody. That's why they're called traditions and not rules. But it's just this group conscience thing. I, I, that, I probably have more experiences with the, with the second tradition that just blow my mind than any other tradition to be honest with you. And I'm sorry, I'll let you take it from here, but I'm, I'm long-winded, but oh my gosh, everything you said, it was just my my heart, I was going to say my brain, but really my heart's just lighting up, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's what our discussions do, okay? Yeah. Uh, when you read page 94 in the Gray Book, okay, when you say about, uh, you, you mentioned about, uh, you know, votes are not group conscience. On, on line three, it says, we took a group conscience and decided that. Wait a minute. We don't take group conscience. We take votes. Okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then it goes on on the there below. It says, uh, uh, I'm looking at it yeah, right now. <laughs> line, 14, line 14, we've made a lot of bad decisions and pawned them off as group conscience. This worries many of us how can we really tell if our decisions are really group conscious or not? And how do we prevent painful mistakes? And 
you know, and them questions are very powerful questions, okay, because it takes inventory taken again. It takes looking at ourselves. It takes praying together and reflecting on are we actually collecting a conscience? Are we just collecting votes? Are we just uh, endorsing someone's uh, uh, personality? You know, and then it has uh, line 19. There is one, and, and this is what I like here, line 19, there is one truth which guides us. True spiritual principles are never in conflict. They always complement each another. There are two spiritual principles. Uh, there are two spiritual conscience of a group. We'll never convict any of our spiritual principles. Whenever we are faced with a group decision, we must try to eliminate personality, prejudice, and self-centeredness. When we review our decisions to make sure they are not in violation of our 12 traditions, if we take another look at our decisions and try to resolve it, this approach isn't foolproof, but it has helped to prevent problems many times. And that's where I talked about, when I was talking about, okay, uh, you know, that uh, there is no decision made when new business is brought up at all. It's set out, and we look at the traditions, we reflect on the traditions on how that uh, proposal, because we call it a proposal, it's not even a motion at this point in time, okay? It's right. not a motion. We look at the proposal, we look at it, and then we build on that, and then we talk about it again, okay, at the next group conscience, we talk about it, and then everyone discusses the traditions and what they found in the traditions, and if, if there is a conflict with a word, we can say, okay, let's look at that word, let's bring it back next month and see how that word fitted in. Did it, did it actually change the philosophy, and did it fulfill the philosophy of our traditions instead? You know, and that's why it takes time to develop conscience. And, and a lot of times we don't even vote. I mean, we look at one another and we just say, is there anyone opposed to this thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is there anyone that yeah. doesn't want to be part of this? Okay. And it's just like, okay. So, and it's like a spiritual sense that happens within the group. And those, and people look at the minutes and they say, well, it doesn't reflect the vote here. No, it's a conscience there, okay? Everyone was totally in agreement, okay, spiritually. We were on a spiritual plane, and and that reflects in what we're doing. Right. So, you know, you know, them are things that we have to look at. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And that's what I like to look at. The maturity, I was just talking about this with a couple other people, about the maturity level of the fellowship as a whole is not a mature fellowship. And what's the reflection yeah. on that? They... Uh, and we're not part of that there, okay, and, and I say we are part of Narcotics Anonymous, but we're not part of the fellowship as a whole with their decision-making process that they utilize today because they are from a, uh, a service body reflecting down to the group. They're looking at the groups down there, not at the group at the top, and that everything should come from the group. They're looking at it should come from a service body, an office, and a corporation basically uh, making decisions and directing a service uh, a service structure to take over a fellowship. They're a service structure with a fellowship, not a fellowship with a service structure. You know, and uh, and there's not conscience involved in that. There's the, the whole process is talking about how do we get this literature made and how do we reflect a worldly uh, opinion on on us instead. Uh, and it's, it's like, 
NA has ceased, and, and I always, and I've been talking about this, NA has ceased to be Narcotics Anonymous in total absence, in complete absence anymore. And there is no conscience on this. The conscience that we have on this is in the, in the, in the basic text, in, in the first few basic texts, okay, from anywhere, and it, it did not change our philosophy hardly at all from uh, book one uh, to uh, the first, the approval from the great book to the approval form to the, the, the fifth edition, they still have the same philosophy of total abstinence. I don't know about the sixth edition because I'm not looking at it, but their stories have changed our philosophy in that book. They removed yeah. stories of total abstinence and replaced them with other stories. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's not a group conscience. They call it a world conscience instead. And they're saying, you have to adapt to us, and this is our philosophy. And those of you with, with that uh, are entrenched in this here, you know, you just got to realize, don't go to them meetings. Stay away from them meetings that are entrenched in this uh, lack of acceptance, they call it, lack of acceptance of addicts that are on drug replacement. Right. Now, and that's not our philosophy. Our philosophy is we don't use drugs, you know, in any form. We don't alter, we don't replace a drug with a drug. You know, we've been through that in our addiction. And we go totally abstinence once we get here. And that's what our philosophy is about. But our philosophy is being changed through a controlled structure instead of a group conscience. Instead of evolving, evolving, we are regressed in a lot of points. And groups like ours are finding other groups like ours to come together and say, hold it. We're not going to participate in this stuff. We're not going to participate in this insanity and this manipulated structure that strong personalities of money, property, and prestige and, and sexual favors. I mean, it's, it, as it was written there about sex, well, it's, it's what's in our book. It says money, property, and prestige, okay? And then Greg says it sounds like sex, okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, but in the great book, it says sex, okay? <laughs> yeah, you know, when, when we addressed that as a home group, we realized that that was very true. But we, we when we wrote on it, I, I think we removed the sex just because the what the traditions say. But the, I remember the discussion around that. Like this is all very true about sex, but it, uh, maybe some of Greg's personal writings bled in, and it was like there's a whole. If we list everything here, that's that that we'd have a lot more than just sex here, and sex is part of money, right. property, and prestige. right. You know, and it's like, it's like even the power. Sometimes we write money, property, power, and prestige, but the power comes from the money, property, and prestige. We don't even need to right. write the power, and that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of a. It, it, I know it's kind of a funny thing that uh, among traditions that it says sex in there, and it is. But at the same time, when guys, when you really look at it, it's so true, and it's like. It, it, you look at any any four step that was ever written by group conscience and open participation, and hell, even the ones that weren't. And why do they address sex so heavily? Because we are fucked up individuals, and <laughs> that is for sure no exception. You know, right? <laughs> so, I'm 21 years clean, and and yeah, you know, I, I, I've talked before about coming to terms with my own sexuality and my my four step and fifth step, and it's like. And then this last year, I, I really I came to the realization that I'm doing that still. It, it's still <laughs> more will be revealed. This isn't ever complete, you know. And I guess I'm getting off into stuff work and not, but but 
Well, that's good. Okay. Without step work, there. Without step work, there is no spirituality. Okay. Without step work, there there is no uh, practice in these principles. Okay. Yeah, exactly. you've got to evolve as the individual spiritually to be able to participate in that. In that, there what uh, what Ken was talking about. Okay, uh, it's a it's an extended eleven step. It's a you know collection eleven step of all of us. Okay, togetherness. Okay, if we don't have step work, we won't get to that point. You know, and and that's where when it talks about that principles, it, we're talking about these uh, experiences that it shows it becomes an extension. You know, uh, our experience shows if a group becomes an extension of personality, a leader or certain members will lose its effectiveness. And if we don't have that their collective uh, eleven step together, leaders and stuff emerge that are that are strong personalities and control positions instead. You know. And that's where we manipulate others, okay, to fulfill our needs instead. And then we call that group conscience instead. You know, I was listening to this here uh, CD, okay, and and I'm not going to get into the name of the CD, but it was, uh, I mean, it was a CD that, uh, a visual CD, okay. And I had this person that I know personally, okay, because I've been in recovery a little bit longer than them, but I know them their whole recovery. And I'm hearing them talk about another individual, and I'm thinking about that person's participation as a strong personality instead at the World Service Conference, and that that person was also part of, uh, you know, of the problems we had, but yet he's talking about human being as he was his best friend, and I know he wasn't this man's friend at all, okay? Yeah. You know. But yet, when they're paying, which I call paying homage at times to one another, okay, he's talking about this person being such an influence in his life, but yet what he did on the conference floor was total contradiction of that. And he was a trusted servant that basically was using his uh, personality, his influence with the sponsorship chain he was involved to get things through they thought was best for this fellowship instead. Instead of allowing the fellowship to make the decisions, they were making them these decisions for, for us, contradicting conscience, and that's what has caused so many problems within our fellowship because we have not allowed the group conscience to emerge, a spiritual conscience to emerge as a fellowship. Instead, we allowed strong personalities to emerge and their inner circle conscience of where they want this fellowship to go has emerged, and that's not a spiritual, uh, what I call a spiritual rising happening. It's not a, it's not a mature spiritual rising, and it stops our growth, and it keeps us in total chaos in the fellowship instead. You know, and, and, and the prime example of that today is the literature that's coming out is totally conflicting with our own basic texts. Yeah. Oh, definitely. If I could jump in and address that. Of it, course. That's why like, I stopped. That's why I yeah. stopped. Okay. <laughs> My man. Okay. So here, here's what's going on with this process. And I, I thought of this earlier. I forgot about it until you just, just said this again just now. But uh For years, when I came in, there was stuff on drug replacement therapy that was contradictory to our basic text, contradictory to the one statement that the trustees had even 
put out. And I remember coming in and, and reading this thing on, on methadone and it being an outside issue. I think it was in times of illness. And I was going, that it didn't make sense to me as a newcomer. And I just went, well, I'm not on it, so I don't care. I guess yeah, I, I'm brand new. Remember, I, I guess people with more time, but it didn't. It didn't make sense to me, and nobody I knew was on it. And later, I found out the area that I was in, and the homers, none of them were practicing that or believed it at the time. And uh, so, what happens in the the the, the Nas and the 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 non-traditional, the concepts-based service structure. I'm going to quit calling them mainstream because it's not. Um, but in the concepts-based structure, they actually own the, the service literature. So when they call something service literature, they don't even need to approve it at, at their conference, the World Service Conference. And what happened is uh, the fellowship pretty much as a whole, and I know there were pockets that didn't, but they put out this stuff on drug replacement therapy, and the fellowship is reading in, in every meeting, when we substitute one drug for another, we release our addiction all over again, which is the definition of drug replacement therapy. And so if, if you're part of that other structure and this stuff is new to you, I want you to be keenly aware, and this isn't just this issue, it's all the way around. The insidiousness of what is going on right now um, is such that, so this term drug replacement therapy was not working because it is so out of line with our basic text, and that is a, a line that they're not going to get away with taking out or changing. Um, and so now they have this pamphlet called uh, Medication-Assisted Recovery, where they talk about drug replacement therapy and, and use a different name for it in order and what you will see happen because it's happened with other literature is in a few conferences they will send this back to the fellowship and say something like hey it's been on the table for years we're already using this we just need the groups to approve it as an IP and not just service literature and, and that's the way they sneak things in the back door um, subvert group conscience uh, and I mentioned this before, another powerful lesson I learned was your RDs, um, and they're not my RDs because our group doesn't participate in that, but your RDs, they're not evil bastards that are trying to rule. They've been taught, uh, uh, they've been taught a philosophy that's out of line with the traditions, and I realized that when I, I went to a few years back uh, one of these um, workshops on the Maybe it was two years ago. It was it was the WSC before the one that I think is coming up. I don't even keep track of them anymore. Maybe it's already <laughs> happened. Our group is so out of the loop on it. But uh, I, I went I went to one of these and they were debating whether NAS should publish their own kind of baby blue in the form of book one of the sixth edition. And they were debating and like they were making up their minds before it went back to the groups and and the Utah RD stood up and said, hey. Shouldn't the fellowship be deciding this? And and another uh, another RD stood up and said, "We are the fellowship." And at first I was furious, and then I realized, "Oh my gosh, these aren't evil motherfuckers trying to to destroy the fellowship. These are people that they have been taught that their conscience really is the world conscience, and that they are empowered to make these decisions." And and the vast majority of these people, not all of them, but the vast majority of these people don't even realize they're out of line with the traditions and think that they really have that power. 
because there was no more debate after the other RD stood up and said that. It was just, it was a closed issue. Yeah, we do have the power to decide that here. And it, it absolutely blew my mind. Um, but that's, that's the mentality you're dealing with. Uh, and it, there's, there's another piece of service literature I want to point out because it deals directly with group conscience. And I don't even remember what it's called. Um, I just remember I was sitting in my original home group about a year or two ago and, and flipping through the little book they pass around of announcements. And I saw this piece of service literature that, that is part of the reg and it was talking about, I don't know if they even called it group conscience. I think they did, but it was a, a pamphlet on how groups come to, come to decisions in narcotics anonymous. And I didn't read it word for word, but I flipped through this thing and they were talking about discussions and de not even just debates and, and that the best ideas will rise to the top. And as we debate these things and they describe this corporate almost, and I'm not anti-corporation in my personal life. That's an outside issue, but we're not a corporation in Narcotics Anonymous. We're a spiritual fellowship and the two can't coexist under one under one tent, as it were. A fellowship can direct a corporation, but one of them's got to be in charge. You can't have both of them. And there was no mention anywhere that I could see in this of prayer or meditation or any anything that's mentioned in our service literature. It, it or not not our traditions. Their service literature, and, and that's another one that, that they're attempting to redefine group conscience. You know, I, I really honestly believe, and I again I've quit even following it, but that the goal is one day to replace the concept, the traditions with the concepts. And I, I, you know, when our, when our home group, and it wasn't just, it wasn't just my wife and I, there were uh, three of us that, that did not live together that, that moved back East to the same state. And this home group literally moved across the nation and their literature in the area we were at talked about uh, a sponsor is somebody who, who walks you through the steps and the, the concepts slash traditions as if they were the same thing. And, and I really believe that they're trying to get rid of our traditions because you can't follow that tradition too. The, the, way, the way the conceptual structure makes decisions this has no resemblance to tradition too whatsoever. There is no group conscience. There is no prayer and meditation. There is no loving God. They, I don't think they mentioned even the phrase higher power anywhere in this pamphlet I was reading. And that's another one that in a few years, they'll send it to the, to the groups and say, hey, we've been using this for a few years now. We just need you to officially approve it. And then it'll stop being service literature and it'll be recovery literature in their minds. And, and this, is, this is what you need to be aware of because this is the way things slowly change. When the concepts were rubber stamped by, by a, a, a service body, one of the trustees warned the fellowship. He said, I, I know that no, and the essay's on Radio Free somewhere. I, 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 and I have been a, at least three years without being able to find it again now. But uh, he, he said, you know, one day, he said, you know, people come into this fellowship all the time and, and like it or not, Old timers don't always stick around and attend meetings the way they should. He said, and even if they did, this fellowship grows so quickly, the new number, new members are going to vastly outnumber the, the members who are members today very quickly. He said, one day the fellowship will take these concepts seriously by default. And you literally had these concepts that everybody was from, from the people I've talked to who were around at the time were just going, yeah, whatever, let world think they're important. 
we'll do it our way and, and kind of ignore these things to where now every, every, almost every area and region uses these concepts and, and accepts them as if they were on the same level as the traditions. And, and they don't even, they're, they're completely contradictory to one another. Uh, and, and this is what the subversion of group conscience is getting us. This is why we can have a, a second tradition that says our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. And I, I think it's the third concept. I didn't bother to memorize the concepts, but th- this is things like effective leadership is highly valued in Narcotics Anonymous. How can you have leaders be just trusted servants and, and at the same time effective leadership being highly valued? And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to realize that one is a corporate terminology and one's a spiritual terminology. And even if you go, well, they didn't say what effective leadership was. If you've been in the service structure, you, you know what it is. You know how important you are told that you are and how much power you have and how you are the leaders of the fellowship uh, and you're empowered to make decisions on their behalf, and which goes right back to what you said, Bill. It, that's government. We, we don't have traditions that create a representative, representative government, and this has nothing to do with with your political views or anything like that or the country you live in. This has to do with a spiritual fellowship that has nothing to do with outside national politics or world politics. And we have traditions that literally do create a a benevolent anarchy where nobody is in charge other than a loving God at the, at the group level. And, And it is not a representative government in any, in any sense of the word. Uh, and, and yet that's what most people would tell you is that we have this representative government in, in Narcotics Anonymous because our traditions have been so misunderstood and, and, and intentionally, like I said, most people today, I, I don't think intentionally misunderstand these traditions. We were taught wrong. I, I for years, used to debate in my mind, why, why if the ninth tradition says what it says, how on earth are these services part of NA? And if NA will never be organized uh, as such, then how how do we have? I mean, the vast majority of our structure is is, is organized of, of our and and I would say, well, then obviously they can't be part of Narcotics Anonymous. But then I go, but we call them that. And I re, and this is in the early talking to 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 you and Jim and and uh, Bo Sewell back in the day on the phone and and. Sorry, I shouldn't have used his last name there. He's still living, but it's in so much of our historical literature. Um, but, 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 you know, asking, I remember going, how come we never did it this way and being told we did? You're exactly right when you read those traditions about what they mean, and we did used to do it that way. And I had no clue because we're not taught that we used to do it that way. We're, we're taught a totally, it's why it's a sin in Narcotics Anonymous to research our history. Because if you research the history, you learn what the traditions mean, and you and you learn how they were changed, and how we don't follow them anymore. So I, I know I'm long-winded today, but man, this stuff is bringing up so much with me. I want to have one closing remark before you open it up for anyone on the phones. Okay, uh, to be very aware of what's happening in your surroundings at this moment, because uh, my awareness. I listen to people, and that's the greatest asset I have today is is learning how to listen. And when I'm listening to people in Kentucky and people out in Ohio and people in, in Mid-Atlantic, okay, telling me 
that World Service Office is sending, and I'm going to use the name because he's an employee, Steve Rush, to conduct business within the Fellowship Narcotics Anonymous to lead it in making decisions at the conference this year and basically instructing them on, on what they're doing and why the groups need to vote for this year. Uh, you know, it's politics of an office influence over a fellowship. And I want people very aware of that there as because we're not part of that decision. We're not part of that. We do not engage with that. But I listen to others, and they're scared. There's a lot of fear out there that they're changing our fellowship, and I'm telling them they already have. Our fellowship has already been changed. This is just they're, they're pushing for that final thing. They're, they're telling you for you to get – if you vote for what they want, they'll fund the zonals now. The office will fund the zonals now. So now they're buying off votes. Okay? Yep. And they did it before, and how did they do it in 1993? And I didn't realize it because I was engaged in the court case back then with Grateful Dead and trying to save what little of the fellowship we had uh, with our literature and stuff at that moment. Uh, and I didn't realize what they did in 93 is they bought the conference votes by getting them to say, if you vote for this, we will pay for the RSR and alternate to come to the conference. And now they're back at that there. We will fund these regional zonals, which they want part of their structure, where they want to downsize the conference into being less votes, totally less votes. You're going to have the the board of directors there yet, okay? All right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll have... Uh, five votes or six votes from United States of America, one from Canada, and each zonal forum, one from Europe, you'll be limited to about another 12 votes, okay, basically is what they're headed for. So the conference will be 50% the the board of directors and 50% the fellowship is where they're taking it to. And we will fund these things for you. Yep. And to be very aware of that, that that's what's happening. And I, I just need to bring that to attention because it's, they're going for that final push and they're going for it at this conference already. And once that yeah. happens, with, with every group on true group conscience, they're going to have to make decisions that are we going to be spiritually aligned to the 12 traditions or are we going to be aligned to a corporation? And that's as simple as it will come down to are we going to have group conscience are we just going to be directed by a, a an office directing us on what they want and how they want things done? And are they going to ch- change our message totally, which they've been doing for years now, changing the message of our program? You know, and I, I, I hate to say it, but I, I come up with a word, and it's like uh, I call it uh, replacement drugs anonymous, okay? It's what yeah. they're about to, to, to complete where drug replacement is going to become the norm within a fellowship that's riding on our name, riding on our name, but they're not us. And that's what they're about to do. And to be very aware of that when you're listening to this here, to look into the traditions and really sit down as groups and study these traditions because they're that important at this moment, okay, for us to survive as a fellowship in Narcotics Anonymous carrying this message throughout the world. You know, and I'm, I am excited about what we're doing through a tradition-based uh, fellowship, okay, 
and that our fellowship that we participate with has a conference. A conference is not the decision process groups are. And that's uh, the difference in what we participate in against that, that they're outside and be trying to control a massive fellowship. You know, and I want people to be aware of that, and that's my closing remarks at this moment. But please read the traditions in your books and study them. And study, if you can get great books, study the traditions as Greg wrote them in the raw, okay, before the, the Board of Trustees came into the Santa Monica Conference, okay, and uh, start messing with the traditions in the raw to start with then, okay? Right. You know, and, and words do matter. One word could change a whole philosophy of a whole fellowship. So they do matter. So that's what I want to say before we open it up, okay? Yeah, and I want to be clear. You know, we're not saying here that the grade book is is uh, NA doctrine, but what we are saying is that each group needs to be able to have access to that grade book, regardless of what was approved after, and be able to study that and go, what what is our group conscience, and do we – uh, agree with this, and we know there are things in the gray book that uh, are kind of like a meeting. Take what uh, you can use or, or what you should use, not always what you think you can use, but uh, every group, there's no danger in a group reading that gray book. I know there are some things with regard to other fellowships and how we relate to them that are just incorrect, but any group in line with the traditions can read that and see that, and it's a lot better than what we've got today. Um, I, I I, I like to reiterate everything Bill just said. It is so important. I know I've heard, and I can't confirm, but I've heard of even literature grants being given to groups now that will vote a certain way. To and I, I will say this: I see in the fellowship. I know the area where where we are at. Um, they are again talking about withdrawing from world services, and this time without our groups prodding, because they they talk about that very thing is. If they get what they want here, the the world board will have uh, as much power as as the groups, and they don't realize they've already got more because they tell the groups how to vote every year, and they, you know, and when the groups don't vote that way, the the RDs do anyway. But uh, yeah, the groups are finally coming around to that. Um, well, here's one thing. one thing. Oh yeah, here's go ahead, one brother. thing we say about money and power. They just pumped seventeen thousand yeah. dollars worth of literature into Kentucky. Okay. World Service Office did to stop the baby blue movement there. Yeah. Okay? And what they're going to do is give the other Kentucky region a, a vote on the floor this year, okay, that they haven't right. given. But they're, they bought, they're buying the vote, they're putting literature in there that they won't do before to stop the baby blue movement and stop that whole section of the country from just leaving and joining the fellowship service conference is what they're doing right now. You know, and, uh, yeah. It's uh, And that's the stuff I'm getting out of Kentucky right now, what they're doing. I mean, I talked with one guy, and he told me he's coming to the Fellowship Service Conference that he's done. His group is deciding they're a great book study meeting, and they're, they decided that they're going to form a couple other meetings off of theirs and start forming other groups like theirs, okay, that are historical. All right? Yeah. Uh, they, they said they, after this, they had enough of what they just witnessed, okay? They said, we're done. Yeah. We're just done, Bill. I just talked with him in Ohio at the spiritual retreat. He said, we're done. He said, we can't, we cannot keep going this direction anymore. And that's, they sent Steve Rush into Kentucky, and they made sure they sent in $17,000 worth of literature to each area, okay, 
uh, not to each area, but about $1,000 in certain areas got it. And, you know, but it, it averaged about $17,000 in all rural service office sent as literature to, to Kentucky to stop this because almost the whole state had become baby blue. Yeah. All right? Yep. And uh, institutions had been all baby blue. And so this is what they're doing. They're uh, funneling money, buying off boats, and it's the same thing I talked about with this zonal thing. We're going to give you this money if you come with us, and that's also the stop that South Florida motion, okay? Yeah, all right. Yeah. So we're funneling money into the fellowship. See, folks, there's no need to be checking on us. Trust us. Well, it- uh, you know, and trust our trusted servants is something that I learned from reading the history was something back in the day they used to use all the time. The right. Servants, when they're man. still using it. They're still using it, okay, but it's up more more now. And I wanted to and leave you, you with that when you brought that up, okay? Yeah, when you give me trust, it's something I have to live up to. I, I, I want, I, I've seen it related in accounts of history when I was first studying this as a newcomer. Uh, it's it, it related to a marriage. And, and should you trust your spouse? Yeah, but if, if I go out and I cheat on my wife, have I earned that trust? Should she trust me anymore? Uh, have I violated that relationship? Uh, should I operate with the same level of trust that I had before? Should she remain in that marriage at all and continue to trust me? And, and uh, in terms of a marriage, even address that. But but why wouldn't we address those things in the fellowship when our trust is violated? Do we remain in this relationship with this service structure at all? It, 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 trust is not something that that is is given and and never assessed or that you can do anything you want because you're supposed to be trusted. You violate that 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 trust of the groups. It's no longer there. Okay, at this point we were cut off. You may be noticing a perceptible difference in the sound quality here. Uh, this is because I'm actually speaking on a headset into my computer, and uh, we are no longer on a conference call. Make a long story short. Uh, the calling plan I am on requires me to pay for a certain number of minutes for these conference calls up front because we recorded this a uh, couple days earlier than the Tradition 1 discussion. We uh, ran out of minutes. I had not realized we were still on the same month, and uh, I believe I only have uh, a few hours at best of conference calling time. So this will not be an issue next month. We were wrapping up... Um, we did have uh, different participants on the phone throughout uh, the course of the call. I did speak with one of them. I'm not going to mention the participant's name or the uh, area where he is or even uh, the employee he references. He made a few points. The reason I'm not going to, uh, he would normally be recorded, by the way, uh, but obviously we got cut off. The reason I'm not going to... Uh, mention any names is just I'm relaying this third hand uh, uh, but he he did state he'd wish we'd uh, been able to get a little more in depth into some of the stuff that has gone on uh, in the service structure with regard to the way the groups have been disempowered um, point out we kind of jumped around a little but he understands why that happens uh, whenever we're dealing with traditions one plays into the other so often um, and so when you're dealing with issues of group conscience, they, obviously there are going to be uh, fourth tradition issues, fifth tradition issues. We could, we could go through a number of different things. Um, but I'm going to try and remember the different points this individual made. He, he relayed a story um, 
those of you who are familiar with, I believe it was 2014 and this SSP, um, and long story short, what had happened was the, the fellowship had basically not wanted this SSP, uh, a motion to, uh, investigate a possibility somehow became the fellowship supporting a, a whole idea of an SSP, uh, which was just, it's a revamping of the service structure to dilute the votes, uh, which obviously is, is one of the things we've been talking about is happening now. And in 2014, and we've discussed this on other podcasts, but in 2014, one of the things that happened at the Fellowship Service Conference in the, uh, rare instances where, uh, the fellowship does not vote as they are told, meaning the groups, uh, they, they do what's called a straw poll at the World Service Conference. Fuss and Fellowship Service Conference, I apologize. It was the World Service Conference that is the concepts-based conference. Uh, anyway, they, uh, they take straw polls before they actually vote on any motion there. And the reason is to find out if they have the support they need. If they don't have the support, they will hold discussions and, and try and change the supposed conscience of the groups. Uh, what had happened in 2014 is when they were not getting the votes they needed in the straw polls to pass the SSP, which uh, was the, uh, I'm trying to remember what it stood for now, the Service System Project or something to that effect, uh, that would basically completely revamp the service structure, give uh, the world board far far more voting power because the regions would be reduced in in uh, number uh, in fact i don't even think they were going to call them regions anymore um but they went into an 18 hour consensus based decision making session and basically would not close the conference or call a vote until it was agreed to leave the ssp as an option uh now it's been reported various ways uh and that there was the support and on and on. But the fact of the matter is there would not have been an 18-hour discussion and the conference held hostage had they had the votes they needed. Um, and so basically the fellowship rejected this revamping of the service structure into a service system. Uh, this particular individual was speaking with an employee uh, of the World Service Office who was uh, fairly high up uh, in, re- in terms of being an employee of the WSO um, and was asking about uh, well the fellowship rejected the SSP why are we still doing it and it was and again this is why I'm not uh, mentioning the names because I was not directly involved in this and he's not here to correct me on any details but was basically told look it's still an option that's the way the the final vote went and it's going to happen, and, and that's what you're seeing now with now they're approaching it from we're going to go to these zones, and they're not going to use the existing zones. Last I heard, they're going to uh, vamp the, revamp the zones how they want them to look, which basically will create SSP-type districts and reduce the number of votes, which is one of the things Bill was referencing earlier in the phone call. Um so that was an example to him of the way the groups were silenced. He also related, and I actually remember this happening. Uh, he was an active participant in one of the forums, the actually uh, Radio Free NA forum, when this happened. Um, 
but during this voting process, I believe it was the same one with the SSP, when it had gone back to his region, and again, I'm going to leave his area and region name out of it, uh, because until it is third hand, uh, but when the votes went back to his, his region, their regional delegate uh, was on the website and basically uh, telling the fellowship why they should vote a certain way. Uh, and he was on this, uh, I guess, this forum that they're, uh, and it wasn't Radio Free NA, the forum that their region used and, and questioning this individual as to uh, why are you telling the fellowship how we should vote instead of collecting the group conscience and, and raise some points about what the traditions say um, in regard to group conscience and, and the way groups should uh I believe be represented, but he was making different points and quoting the traditions to back them up and was basically told, well, uh, I'm a regional delegate. The world tells me what they want, and I do what the world says to do. Uh, and that's how, basically how she was going to vote. And um, that's why she was, it, it almost wasn't like the, the votes are being collected. Uh, if you're familiar with that service structure, the inner workings of it, and most of the fellowship actually is not. Uh, your home group, it doesn't matter what they vote. Uh, the, you, your home group votes a certain way. Under the concepts, your GSR is empowered to vote completely different to your home group in the rare instance when they take anything back to the home groups anymore. Uh, which would most often be motions, I believe, that happen at the WSC. Uh, it doesn't matter how your GSR votes because your regional committee members can vote however they see fit at the region level and then it really doesn't matter how they vote because your regional delegate can vote however they see fit at the world service conference and if the regional delegates don't fall in line with what the world board and nas want and deem appropriate they will just hold a cbdm session and only take straw polls until the outcome that they are seeking is achieved or some compromise that keeps the agenda alive i said long story short before and i didn't uh, actually do that i got very detailed so i will just uh relay here the end result was this individual being banned from any discussion on the region website um for actually speaking up, quoting the traditions, and, and disagreeing with the RD and, and basically stating that the groups should decide things and, and putting out other information to consider, basically standing up for group conscience. Um, those are, I believe, the points that he uh, would have contributed. I hope I represented him fairly and accurately. Uh, right when we got cut off there, uh, I was just going to kind of re relay a, a little story. Uh, the home group that I belong to, and we got this from other home groups when we were developing, uh, I guess, a group conscience on how our group conscience should operate. If anybody in our home group objects to any motion or proposal, whatever you want to call it, uh, and they base it on the traditions, uh, they say, I, I have a problem with this as far as uh, my objection is based in the traditions. Uh, it cannot pass our group. Uh, we cannot overrule that with any sort of supermajority. Anybody who objects to a, a motion or proposal based on the 12 traditions, whether we believe they are right or wrong as a majority or believe they have understood those traditions right or wrong, it, it cannot go forward uh, with a yes vote. We can abstain or we can vote no, and, and in that case we have actually chosen to abstain in the past. Um, 
And uh, that was actually uh, when we were talking earlier about the Fellowship Service Conference, which is the traditions-based conference, not the concepts-based one that, that Nas runs. Uh, our group had actually abstained from our own motion, if I remember correctly. Uh, we might have voted against it, but this one newcomer, because he was objecting uh, based on the traditions, uh, a newcomer could have held that vote up. Uh, because he had strong convictions about the traditions, and that doesn't uh, stifle anything when we follow the traditions. We're not looking for our opinions. Uh, and this was the the uh, caller also talked about uh, that wasn't able to get on the listener uh, because we got cut off before the question and answer period and, and uh, the open discussion part of the podcast. But uh, he had also brought up that th- this group conscience is not about our opinions, if I recall. It was a very valid point that this is about finding a, a loving higher power's will for the group and and deciding based on that. And so uh, we... Uh, Oftentimes in our home group, the one that I belong to, will have the experience of members voting contrary to their own opinion. Uh, and I have done that in the past, realizing that my opinion was not correct for the group. It's really a beautiful process, and it sounds like, oh my gosh, one person can hold something up. Uh, one person, it just means nothing changes. It just means we keep doing what we have been doing, and the new proposal doesn't happen yet. But when we are all seeking a true group conscience... We have had no issues with anybody playing politics with that in our home group whatsoever. Um, I also had a really cool experience the other day. Uh, I was in a meeting. I don't, uh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't my home group. I was in a meeting, and uh, a cat who uh, had gone back out and come back in, and I had forgotten he'd participated with us in the writing of some literature uh, about a year previous, maybe even more, and he shared uh, how it blew him away. Uh, to go to this literature writing process and not even knowing what he was walking into he just came to uh, knew that the group met earlier than the actual meeting time and to be asked his opinion on the literature we were writing to, to, to it, it was what a special experience that was for him and group conscience and uh, uh, actually the the fact that uh, we stopped what we were writing because he wasn't giving input and asked him what he thought and when he said on oh, just a newcomer i don't know we we pointed out to him your input is more important than ours this stuff that we're writing is for the newcomer if you don't understand it we're kind of wasting our time so what you think is very valid and important um and i don't know what that really uh if there's any lesson in that other than that's that's the way to me group conscience should work is this newcomer was part of the process uh, and we weren't scared of his opinion we approached it with the idea of uh, our sole purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers uh, the newcomer uh, I do believe is the most important person in the room uh, how can we carry a message to them without asking them does this ring true to you? Is it clear to you? Uh, do you understand what we're trying to say? Would you word it differently? Uh, we're not asking them for their opinions on what's clean time in Narcotics Anonymous, um, but we do give them every bit as much right to contribute as anybody else when they come. And, and this isn't even home group members. When we're writing literature, we use a open participatory process where anybody in the fellowship can show up and write with us. So I hope I haven't taken too much extra time here. Those were kind of the, the points I wanted to wrap up on and, and what the individual who didn't get to come on had, had shared. Um, 
about it not being opinion seemed really uh, in line with that that story about the literature process from our home group. This was literally just the other night, less than I know, less than two weeks ago. <laughs> I think less than a week ago that I'm sitting in this group and, and hearing this in this meeting and hearing this guy talk about his experience in our home group, uh, and that was just something really special and really cool to me. Um, as I do wrap this up here, uh, this uh, has been read in another podcast, a series that. Uh, when the group that I belong to gets back to writing on these traditions, we'll, we'll continue. Uh, but uh, we write uh, from the Gray Book. We're not rewriting the Gray Book. The Gray Book is the Gray Book, but we have been writing on traditions based on the Gray Book. Uh, and we end up not just sticking to the Gray Book. A lot of times we address other issues or or other things as, as uh, you know, newer uh, experiences within the fellowship as, as we write this, as, as we write on these traditions, uh, as uh, we should be uh, using the principles of complete creative freedom and uh, group conscience and, and the open participatory process. Uh, and this is something that we don't write this for the fellowship. We write it as a home group and other groups can adopt it or not adopt it or change it to their liking or, or their group conscience, I should say. Uh, but I just wanted to read uh, the last little bit that we had uh, written. Uh, again, that, that kind of, I think most of it diverges from the gray book. If not all of it, a lot of it is, is, is new writing. Uh, some of the gray book stuff might be incorporated, but uh, we realize that as we read about these traditions, especially tradition two, we talk about what goes on in the groups and services are never addressed. Uh, there was a time when this was understood that because tradition two is about the groups. It's not about a service structure. The service structures don't have group conscience. Um, and, and before I read that, I, I want to just reiterate that point. Uh, to the degree that when the gray book was written, the introduction talked about this being a true group conscious uh, text. And they put it in quotation marks, and they did it for a reason. And it was group conscious, C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, as in conscious of the groups. Uh, and that wasn't a misprint. That's why they put it in quotation marks, a group conscious text, uh, because it wasn't group conscious. If you look at the... Uh, uh, basic text today and I want to make sure I'm telling you the uh, where it's at correctly if it's in the forward or the introduction um, I think it's actually in the forward uh, yeah it's in the forward uh, and it says uh, the WSC literature subcommittee working in conference and as individuals have collected hundreds of pages and it goes on to describe this pro- uh, process as dozens of area and regional representatives working with the committee have dedicated thousands of man hours to produce the work here presented but more importantly those members have conscientiously sought to ensure a group conscience text that's what it says now but it originally said group conscious this and and it's it was in quotation marks because they realized they were not using the word group conscience. They realized that service boards and committees do not have a group conscience because they're not a group. That they were doing this conscious of the groups and using an open participatory process uh, so that the fellowship itself was involved in the most basic level and all of these things went back to the groups originally for approval when there was a, a process that uh, actually involved a group conscience. Uh, 
uh, and respecting the group conscience of the groups and when that came from the groups. Uh, one of the individuals involved in that is, has said before, when I've listened to him talk, he said, you know, a lot of times when we're in these open participatory committees, we would talk about taking a group conscience and he said we knew we didn't have a group conscience it was a term we used uh, we were well aware that we weren't a home group and didn't have a group conscience it was kind of but they were very conscious of this fact that they did not have a group conscience that the groups had the group conscience and that's why that was written that way and this is a change that again was made without the fellowship somebody assuming it was a misprint even though they had gone to the uh lengths of, of putting it in quotation marks and I believe the approval draft actually still had it in quotation marks I don't have one in front of me I actually ended up giving mine to a newcomer um, because we didn't have uh, books readily available one night um, as far as baby blues uh, so anyway let me just uh, read uh, kind of the last uh, thoughts that our, our home group had written about tradition too and, and maybe kind of wrap it up there uh, now what of services does this tradition apply to the services we create, and why do our older writings and those of our predecessors never seem to address this tradition beyond the group level? Simply put, this tradition is not for service bodies. It is for the groups who comprise NA as such. Service bodies are organized and have administrative structures. If we are in line with our traditions, our service bodies, an our service bodies answer directly to the groups. Because we can never be governed, God's will is made known at the group level. In truth, NA as such exists prior to and apart from any service boards or committees we may or may not create. Of course, it is wise for services to endeavor to employ the same diligence in seeking God's will in the limited decision-making entrusted to them. But we must always be mindful that any decision which is important enough that it would seem to merit group conscience is probably best made by the N.A. groups, in quotation marks. It is not that God is limited in scope or power or that God lacks the ability to express himself at any level. The reason is a loving God would, the reason a loving God would find no place in administrative structures is because our, of our own tendency as addicts and humans to be easily distracted by money, power, and prestige. Administrative structures place power in human hands. Our fellowship is directed only by God. The only way the tools for NA we create can function without infringing on our spiritual nature is to take direction only from the groups whose total and complete autonomy and lack of organizational structure serves as a safeguard against the pitfalls of authority, prestige, and a tendency to fancy ourselves effective leaders, rather than remembering we are but trusted servants of the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous. And I do believe that is the perfect place to end. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Sorry I had to fly solo the last part. Uh, we will not have that issue next month, and if all goes as expected, we will be back next month with a discussion on Tradition 3. Again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network. <laughs>